Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. <laughs> Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. <laughs> yes. Trust the journey dot today family is where we are on the internet. Go there to find us on all the social media channels. If you want to join the Trust the Journey family, go to the website, trustthejourney.today, scroll down, click the Patreon button, and we will add you to the private Facebook group where we expand this conversation with you guys directly, which we love, love, love doing. So yeah, right on team. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Here we go. Right on guys. So in this episode, we're, we're going to talk about self-awareness. We're going to do a deep dive and see where it takes us, which is pretty much how we do every episode. <laughs> but that is the intro, deep dive, and here we go, trust in the journey. So what were the first thoughts that came up for you when we put this topic on the table? The first thoughts that came up for me were the avenues through which I elevated my own self-awareness basically thoughts on what I would share with the family, with the community on things that worked for me to help open my mind and help see into my own blind spots. Interesting. For me, it's um, immediately I start asking myself a lot of questions, you know, like, well, what is self-awareness or how do you frame up awareness versus self-awareness? Or what's the difference between self-awareness or self-observation? These kinds of questions. Totally. So I start, I, I start finding myself more curious in the general scope of like, hmm, what does this really mean? What is, what is the topic about? Because I feel like of all the topics in the world, of all the ones that are out there, when we start talking about our own awareness of ourself, it's really kind of the, the like scratching at the root. It really is like how conscious are we of ourselves in every aspect. And the more I dive into this myself as a, as a curiosity, as something I want to learn about, the more I go, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, gosh, like everything else, right? The ever-evolving insights and uh, quote unquote understanding and experience of and it makes me think of i mean it it's it doesn't make me think of meditation per se i bring up meditation because i'm doing the sam harris waking up progression right. yeah i'm really digging it and this is guys many years of not being a meditator, not being into that, being super kind of resistant to that because I'm such an inaction kind of person and drawn to that. Um, I like Sam Harris's progression because it's really an interesting and very pure which it sounds like a judgment it's not meant to sound that way it's a simple very it's, i don't mean any of this in any judgmental frames just for the record it's like this simple very not complex look at something that seems potentially very complex this idea of what is consciousness and are we separated from that self you know so this that piece in terms of self-awareness and getting an experience and an observation of quote unquote myself separate you know what i mean from my ideas from what i'm wearing from my body and really like having an experience with 
space consciousness and trying to have an have an access to that it's just very interesting and i'm really enjoying that process so i yeah that feels very connected to this topic awesome i'm really curious to hear more about what the meditations are like like what are you what are you doing specifically in them can you describe any of it in a yeah. short form well i mean it's it's definitely in my experience it is an experience aka you sit with the app you know so it's an app it's a guided meditation but unlike guided meditations that i've done in the past which have helped me to quote unquote meditate to calm my mind to pause to slow down the interesting distinction that comes with sam's app is that it really invites you over the course of days weeks however long you do it and i'm only 21 days in and i haven't been, done the meditation every single day certain days during travel i didn't do it but i'm i've been pretty good about being pretty consistently doing it um yeah and so it basically as you sit there you have your eyes closed most of the beginning parts of it and it connects you to your breath it has you watch and experience sounds and sensations in your body and notice those it has you and this is building over days by the way it has you watch for the judgments you make about feelings and thoughts as they come in it gives you a lot of open sort of empty space to sit and to then come back in and go if you've found yourself lost in thought so it's really starting to get you that distinction and that observational awareness of your consciousness separate from your thoughts it's pretty cool and there's there's way more it's building into more but that's i would say an initial description of what the experience is and has cool. been for me i've done a fair bit of meditation over the years um you know initially not knowing that it was meditation in the greater sense in such like the moving meditation in competition but also finding that in the world of yoga you know i've been practicing yoga for a very long time and yoga often incorporates meditation uh, in its traditional form at least and as you touched on the topic there of like you know how you lost in thought you know rather than being able to stay the observer and or and switching from this mindset i said i think this is probably like the number one tool of meditation is the concept of being able to recognize when our mind is thinking or when our mind is listening and that's the distinct difference right like so i feel like and this is the challenge for all meditators for anybody looking to be self-aware or self-observant is this concept of like am i thinking right now and going down some chain of thoughts that are based on previous experience or expectations or programming or you know all these other things that are built into our structure of self or am i just able to just be present and not really have a, a movement of my mind kind of thing happening right and yeah that's that's very i feel like those moments are are very fleeting you know even after practicing meditation for a long time those mo those moments only last for a second and then the mind wants to take off somewhere again and i aspire as i assume you do as well to learn the self-control to be able to maintain these periods of openness to really just be present to myself and i think what what it really comes to is not judging oneself it's 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 about allowing that when thoughts do arrive or when feelings do arise where the mind starts to take off and wants to start calculating and thinking that we don't have judgment of ourself connected to that and that it's a 
normal part of being a human and that okay that just happened you know i started thinking about this thing that happened to me last week and what might that turn into next week and then all of a sudden i go wait a second i'm here i'm meditating back to meditating meditating <laughs> means not thinking okay let go of that thought okay cool let it go cool right, i'm just here i'm just here and then another thought bubbles to the, they're very much like bubbles in like uh you know a carbonated drink where do they come from they just come out of nowhere they're in the bottom of the glass and you look at the bottom of the glass and there's nothing in there but those <laughs> bubbles just keep coming up right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah the uh a quote that i that came to my mind when you were talking is you can't believe everything you think <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Or we, I mean, we, we can't believe everything that we think. And that, I feel like that's more, uh, if I think about the trajectory of, quote, self-awareness, again, not to even remotely assert that I am at any destination with <laughs> this concept, I more share that to reflect uh, sort of my path my experience with this idea and my awakening to the thinking mind, to myself as a meaning-making machine, as a human being. You know what I mean? And that's something that I got in Landmark Education. A lot of people talk about that. And for me, that was a big breakthrough that I got there, was really understanding, oh, Oh, there are blind spots. Mind, the mind can be working without my knowledge of it. And in fact, it is so much of the human experience before we do, quote, work to illuminate those blind spots, to illuminate the thinking mind and see it for what it is, to see it as something that is simply a part of us that we can choose into or choose out of. Not to say that's easy, but simply to say that was a huge part of my awakening was that initial insight about, oh, my brain makes meaning. I judge things all the time. Oh, shit. Oh, oh. I mean, it sounds so stupid to be like, oh, you don't have an awareness of that. But I'll tell you, I didn't really have an awareness of that for a long, long time as a, as a human. So what's crazy about that is even when you come to a place in yourself where you are aware that you're placing judgment all the time, we still do it and we do it to ourselves, Yeah. right? We judge ourselves in every instant of our own existence. And that's this weird like dichotomy of, oh, I have this thought or feeling or idea or whatever. And in the same instant of it occurring, we instantly pass a judgment on ourselves about whether or not that was okay or whether that was not okay or whether we care or don't care or have an attachment to it or whatever. It's this crazy, yeah. it doesn't matter how much or, or, or the fact that you already are present to this happening doesn't stop it from happening. It still happens within us. And we have to learn the same way with the meditation to like, oh, this judge, no, 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 don't get attached to that idea, you know, like just let it come and let it go. And that's the same as the meditation. I, I want to touch on what you just brought up a minute ago, which was the destination, um, which I think is such a wonderful concept, right? Like I was listening to some re reading, um, writings yesterday. Um, I'll have to reference who the author was, but um, I was talking about like the beware of the enlightened, you know, because right, right. Yeah, beware of the enlightened, because anybody who claims to be enlightened <laughs> is placing judgment on you and you are placing judgment on yourself. Right. And, and there's this like, how can there be like a separation in any level of who knows more than what like spiritual one-upmanship is a quote oh. from alan watts where i'm just yeah. like the game of spiritual one-upmanship means my my guru's better than your guru you know my god's Thumbs better down. than your god this Thumbs whole kind down. of thing yeah, yeah. It's like, and that's just inside of ourselves like so right now in common culture there's a word floating around that i've become very aware of just in you know, always having kind of my fingers in the, in the pots and watching what's going on. And the word is woke, W-O-K-E, woke. And I see all these forums and like 
uh, threads and where people are talking and they're like, what does woke mean to you? Right. And so this is relationship to that concept of like a destination. Like, oh, I've reached a plateau. I've reached a a level of enlightenment, a level of understanding mean you, you've woke up. And so there's this really interesting thing where in all things in this experience, there's a polarity to it. And so in some ways, if we judge ourselves or others as being woke or unwoke, you know, woke or asleep, essentially, then it's whether we are self-aware or not is really the kind of the determining factor that's there. It's like, oh, no, I'm able to see myself and everything around me for what it truly is and not for what I've been told that it is or been given to say here, you know, eat the, eat the uh, um, I don't know, I forget what the term is, but, you know, when you're like you're given an idea to say this is the common way to accept something. And we go, wait a second, no, I'm not going to buy into this concept anymore. I'm going to make my own opinion about it. And therefore, when we make our own opinion, we reach a awakening, right? And so the positive polarity is this side of it where you're like, oh, I'm conscious of myself and I'm conscious of everything around me. And I understand the relativity of myself to the universe and the universe to me. And that brings to this concept of, of woke, right? But at the same time, there is a negative parallel to that where that places a judgment that others are not, right? That says that, oh, if I'm here, then there must be an opposite to this or myself previous to this was not woke. And and that in itself is like, you know, it's the beautiful irony in, in life of everything always having an, a contradiction to it. It seems like no matter what you look for, you can always find the opposite argument and you never win unless you pick a side and picking <laughs> right. a side means that you've picked a fight right basically and now you've uh. got an opposition and then there's this like this whole concept so i feel like the real the true like um again you know place judgments in this right i'm placing a judgment right now and i say like the what it where's the middle way where's the the way of water you know like finding yeah. the, the inner balance is to just be present that all of this is always going to be like this, you know, and, and there's no right and there's no wrong, you know, it's yeah. really just that we're just, I'm just here. <laughs> just, I'm just here, you know? <laughs> well, I think it's, I think it's important what you brought up about judgment and there being a distinction of judgment asserting something is quote, right or wrong versus something that is right for you or us, right? So, because we choose to be in this human experience. We choose to be in society. We choose to engage with other human beings. We choose to create work and art and all of these things that we do with our human experience. So given I choose that, in order to function theoretically in this society amidst all of these competing forces and desires and ways we can choose to spend our time, we are given the experience of what do we judge as right for us. So it doesn't assert that something else is wrong because it is not your, your you know what I mean? Someone else doing something else, we can, you know what I mean? So the distinction of judging for ourselves what's right for us versus judging others as right and wrong or judging an idea as right and wrong. It's more that allowance of other things as whatever is and also making a, dis a decision and a judgment around how we're going to choose to spend our time, what kind of person we're going to be, what do we deem as quote unquote the character we want to have and you know, all of those things matter, right? Otherwise, we're just going to be like, nothing, never going to do anything. Like, there's that extreme thing of can we, and this is, I would invite discussion around this because I tend to fall into that camp of I want to make decisions and judgments for what is right and wrong for my life because that is that then allows me to move in my life and create and connect and be in a life experience and a human experience that is of my choosing. Does it mean I'm always staying in those same decisions? No, I evolve as a human and I make new judgments of my 41-year-old self 
it, this is right for me, you know? <laughs> Going out, drinking at the bars is something that was totally right for me in my 20s. It was, it's not right for me now. You know, that's just a simple thing, but I judge that for myself as, ah, oh, that's not for me now. Does that make sense? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a weird thing because if we get into the conversation of no judgment ever, ever, then it eliminates this idea or it puts us in this weird catch-22 of what, we're not allowed to make choices for ourselves in our lives. I would push back on that. little bit of internet. <laughs> there you go. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of internet instability. <laughs> so, but yeah, I said I would push back on that. I would push yeah. back on not being allowed to make judgments of that nature for our lives and ourselves. You know, I feel like self-awareness, this topic, it has a duality to it in the nature of when we speak about ourselves as an individual, you know, if I speak about Jason, the name and body that I was born into in this life and then I'm talking about me right now or if I speak about self-awareness as like the infinite consciousness all that everything around me the whole universe you all life everything that's ever existed and, and think about that all being interconnected now that same concept of judgment okay well, I judge myself or I judge everything now this is a really challenging concept because in some ways our society has proven and we prove to ourselves that we are not okay with certain things, right? That there are laws for very good reason because our moral compass as a species has decided that there are healthy and unhealthy behaviors that, you know, across the world are either given a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And there's a big gray section in the middle where there's a lot of variable opinion on things, but there's also a very clear line where below that line, things are not acceptable, you know, like murder is just not okay, yep. right? And, or assault, all these kinds of things, right? So there's a collective self-awareness that exists where we as a species have come to an agreement to say, yeah, we're aware of ourselves and we're aware of how we have these tendencies to behavior that can lead to good or lead to bad above or below that line. And we're gonna place judgments on ourselves about how we're going to allow that or not allow that now that seems to be fairly functional for the most part because it does create a set of moral standards and guidelines for us as beings to adhere to because they in doing so we protect our experience in this life right and where there's some challenges in there is in how we mitigate those from actions from occurring in the first place or how we deal with them when they do occur and kind of the, the you know the the um mediation or response systems that are in place to to deal with those kinds of behaviors as our as ourselves as a species um but now if you take that just call that whole concept right of like self-judgment about what our moral compass does or doesn't permit and we put that back on ourselves for a second or think about our our conscience right you know we're taught when we're kids we're like hey you have a conscience you have this inner voice that tells you what's okay and what's not okay and if you listen to that inner voice if you listen to it you'll know when it feels right or feels wrong right it's just like are you gonna the the um, typical scenario if you think about you know the cartoon where the little kid's about to squash a bug and they're like I don't want to kill this bug and I'm, but I'm gonna kill the bug and they have this experience of like you know what it feels like to experience the pain uh, be the cause of a source of pain or enter and to experience that pain and that that feeling that emotional ride that comes along with it is based in this concept of self-awareness, right? And it starts really, really, really early. And what happens throughout our lives is we're pretty in tune to that when we're kids, right? Like it's pretty much all we do is just feel. We're just feeling machines. Yeah. And then as we get a little older, we've built up this set of judgments that we carry around like you're talking about. And we're told what the judgments are going to be, 
right? Yep. And so here's the list of judgments. Here's the other list of judgments. These are good. These are bad. And so we start to fall into this not being self-aware because we're not listening to ourselves in that state. We're listening to the list of do's and don'ts that we've either created for ourselves, which may or may not be accurate, or we've been told by others or society or whatever, which may or may not be accurate. Right. And now we're living inside of this external, externally created construct for our own awareness, which is very challenging because as we get older, and I think this is pretty commonplace that if you look at um, the midlife crisis per se, yeah. or as one of my best friends like to say, midlife opportunity, <laughs> there yes. becomes a point of awareness bubbles back up, right? Like we, we, our life has a curve to it where at some point, all of a sudden we go, whoa, wait, 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 I've been, what the hell has been going on here, right? Yeah, right? Because That's so funny. So unless true. you've been there yet, you just don't know, right? <laughs> And you can see all the stories of it and you can see it happen to everybody. But until you get there, you just aren't going to know what it feels like to go, what the, oh my <laughs> shit. Holy cow. Oh my God. And the midlife crisis can often come with breakdowns as well. Those blind spots, it goes back to those blind spots, you know? So it's like those judgments pile <laughs> up, those experiences pile up. We can talk about even uh, trauma influence, you know, when we're younger people having trauma, having influences, having experiences that then create ideas that are that become our patterns, that end up in blind spots, that aren't conscious to us. We aren't aware of these thoughts driving. It's like the, you know, baseline gremlin thought that most people have where they have an understanding that the people in their their lives love them. But if they have this sort of deeper seated thing from childhood where they felt unloved or rejected or abandoned, they will operate from that blind judgment of they are not lovable or they are un unlovable or whatever that thought is. And so, I mean, because again, you're like what I put on my list prepping for this episode, it did include stuff like that of how do we illuminate and bring those things to the surface. So. Yeah, landmark therapy, we've talked about psychedelic experiences, you know, friendship, the loving mirror of, you know, the safe loving mirror. <laughs> Jay's giving me a look. Evil eye, that's evil yeah. eye. Don't, don't tell me who I am. <laughs> I know, and then I wrote, yeah, and I wrote down with that, obviously self-reflection, where once we grow into a skill set, if we reflect and, getting comfortable with the, quote, pain of these breakthroughs. Because it can be not fun to realize that we have thought we were one way for all of our lives. And of course, most people make decisions based on what they think is right and good. And so to think, to realize, to have an awakening, and then to have to take personal responsibility for our choices that might have been derived from that blind spot that we have now discovered. <laughs> Jay, if you are not watching the YouTube, <laughs> I invite Damn you it. to do it. Damn it. I gotta, yeah, I'm but gonna so, jump in so, right here for, I gotta jump in because please you, jump in, you jump are completely, completely like making the hair on the back of my neck stand up because I've you know I've been going through a lot of growth and that's why they we're doing this podcast you know is it's it's about personal change and evolution and I can't tell you the number of times where you know you we think we are a certain version of ourselves right and you know you go through life and we were like oh I'm acting out of the best interest of myself I'm acting out of what I think is right and good and what I think is is healthy and you know this is all the best possible decision I can be making right now because it considers all the variables that, you know, should be considered and then you get some feedback from somebody else who cares about you or who can see from another perspective and it's completely different, completely <laughs> like different. And it's, yeah, it's like a freaking dagger, you know, and you're like, <laughs> what, what do you mean I'm being narcissistic? I have no idea what you're talking about, oh, you know? God. And I, I mean, personally, I'm going to stand up and take responsibility for like, I've had a few friends that come to me that are people that I care about and people who are connected to me deeply enough and know me well enough that I, their opinion 
actually has some weight because it's not just a passing opinion, you know? Right. And they say, man, the way you're acting is, you know, narcissistic. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean by that? You know, and I look up narcissistic and I read the definition and I think hard about it and I try to understand what does he mean by this or what does she mean by this? What do they mean by this? And I have to think about it for a long time, you know, and and so, okay, wait a second. If that person loves me, why? And they would actually be willing to have that challenging of a share, you know, then there must be some weight to it. There must be some reason why they're doing it. So it can't just be, and this is like, the, like just put up a block and knock that shot to the side and be like, I am not, and just carry forward. Yeah. Or do I go, wait a second, you know, I should really consider reflect. what they have to say. Yeah, yeah, acknowledge it and dig back in. And so I completely get where that's coming from. So, and just to take the conversation a little bit into my own experience and let everybody yeah. re reflect on that, I'll be like, fuck. Well, yeah. In that way. Oh yeah, I mean, and I, my personal experience in the with the gremlin of of feeling unloved and not really understanding that that's easy to see in my uh, experiences in terms of I fucking love people, I do, I love them, and I you know it showed up. So that's real for me. The I love people thing is totally real for me, and with the old blind spot of needing connection and feeling unsafe right around disconnection which i've shared a number of times so like that's the old fear of being abandoned being unloved being all of those sort of core gremlin thoughts that you get at when you do therapy which by the way i totally invite people to do if they have they have access to that type of thing through their health insurance i'm not a doctor i'm not a therapist i would just say for me it worked really well it was a, a really awesome and beautiful part of my own growth and self-awareness and healing. But anyway, the the seeing the so because the love of people is authentic and real and because it was magnified by the fear of that disconnection of that unlovable thing from the stuff I hadn't yet discovered at that point in my life. So yeah, I had tons and tons of relationships and I completely overextended myself. I had no boundaries. I had no idea how to not give, 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 give. And so as a result, my life experience delivered me a, a, a result, which was total exhaustion, complete burnout, breakdown, just basically full explosion. So it doesn't mean that there's not some complexity there. Of course, my loving of people is real. So now if you look at my life experience and where I've gone with it, now that I have a self-awareness, I have an awareness of I love people and I need to and want to learn and understand and then ultimately affect boundaries, my life experience is way different. My sustainable ability to love other people is, is there now because I have learned these other things that I had to acknowledge I had a huge deficit in, right? Before, I was not aware that I didn't have boundaries and didn't understand that. I didn't understand it, it was, it was blind to me. Once it, became, once it became an awareness, did it mean I instantly had all of the skills relative to setting boundaries and navigating conflict? Fuck no, it was so hard. <laughs> right? But the per personal awareness and the taking responsibility for the breakdowns in my life and myself was a huge first step of self-awareness and growing into the chosen version of the, the person in life that I wanted to have ideally in life weirdness nonwithstanding. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So yeah. You, you hit on a couple words there, which I think are really the key to this whole thing. So growth as a choice because of the choice to become self-aware. So awareness is not a destination, right? It's not a place that we arrive to. It's an ongoing process. It's something that's just like the infinity symbol. It's like every day, like we have some awareness of ourselves, and we have some um, non-awareness, points where we're just doing and not you know, being present to who we are or what we need. And the, the choice piece of it, this is really the big thing that it comes down to. So 
I'm just going to say right now, if you are listening to this podcast, you have already made that choice. Yeah. You are consciously in the boat of, I want to grow. I want to improve. I want to, I want to be self-aware. I am working on becoming a more aware person. And in that action, that choice towards being self-observant, then we can regain the awarenesses that come from being observant, right? So we just, all we do is we choose into this action of like, I'm just going to take note of me. I'm going to literally pay attention to me and pay attention to my actions and my words and my thoughts and all the things about me that make up me and start notating Oh yeah, this is the list of things that I love about me. This is the list of things that about me that just are just are. And this is a list of stuff I actually don't like about me. And why am I doing this? And where does this come from? And then start digging into this list of the stuff I don't like about me and asking ourselves why we don't like it. And obviously the reasons are usually pretty dang clear. They're usually not that hard to figure out. But then why am I acting this way? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I feeling this way? The big why question. And I, I am such a fan. I absolutely love WHY. That is so much freaking fun. Not all the time. No. Sometimes <laughs> it's a real freaking pain in the ass, you know? But I, I absolutely it's love It's the way the... to excavate real answers. Yeah, if you are the on work. the path of self-awareness, asking why multiple, multiple times until you find the emotional root that's the way to the emotional roots is asking why, why you say an answer. Cool. Why that you say an answer. Cool. Why that say an answer. It's, it's not a difficult process saying it like that. And it can feel like a difficult process when we get to answers where we're like, well, I don't know. I would challenge you when you come to those, mm, I don't know, parts of that process challenge yourself to own what's really there for you. I'm, I'm definitely challenged with that right now. I've got a few things in myself where I say why, and there's no answer. And, and I don't know where to go next with those questions. And so those are the times when I use therapy or meditation or ceremony or any of the things that are going to help me to like dig into my subconscious mind yep. and come up with the answer because obviously there's a block obviously there's something in my consciousness that is not allowing me to be observant to the root causation of my why something has closed a door inside of my mind and said no jay you're not allowed to see what this problem is, you've closed down this emotional experience that happened at some point in your life, in my life, and doesn't allow me to observe that causation of why I tend to default to this action in these scenarios, right? Yes. And getting through, getting those doors open, getting those doors unlocked, and figuring out what what's behind them, and then clearing that. That's the, what it's all about, man. That is such a huge process, and. I can't say enough of how good it feels when you are able to, first of all, unlock a door for yourself in your in your own mind, my own mind, yeah. and our own minds. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, when you're able to just empty that room, clear that closet, that skeleton in your closet of your mind that's buried back there, you know, it's such a enlightening experience because that's where the load that we are carrying, the emotional load that's on our soul, we are carrying with us every single day. It's like a heavy bag on our back full of experiences and pain. Usually it's pain yeah. that we're toting around because we haven't let it go yet. And we don't even, a lot of the time, we don't even know we're carrying it. And most totally. of the time, that's the case, right? It's crazy. So you yeah. gotta really work on it to get down to those, to even know they exist. I love that you point to the professional teammates again, because we, of course, we don't have all the skills to unearth our stuff. You know, that's why professionals exist to help us. That's why there's so many resources. There's so many things that we can look to to have experiences like you just talked about choosing into a why excavation 
you know, an asking of ourselves of the, that series of questions, that is something we can choose to do. We might not feel like we do it very well. We might end up needing help with that. We might need a coach or a therapist or a friend that knows us deeply and has or, some... Or a, a pastor or a shaman yeah. or a yep. counselor or whatever, you know, Absolutely. a black magic voodoo doctor. <laughs> yeah, know? whatever. Exactly right. So I love that. I just want to highlight that again because I believe in that so much because I have personally absolutely needed help to elevate and clear those things that were holding me back from a deeper self-awareness, a deeper self-connection, a deeper self-love, as we talked about recently as well. Another way for those of you listening or like wanting to go, okay, cool, I'm into it. I want to be more self-aware. I'm. I, I want to do some of this work, as it were. I want to clear some of my stuff and try to see into my own blind spots. Cool. Another way to start into clearing blind spots and illuminating blind spots is to listen to our physical cues. When we feel anxiety, when we feel tension in our muscles in a certain way, when we feel it might not be just a fear response, bodily fear response, but it often is and it's relative usually to a situational thing that you're experiencing and you'll notice in your body something happening, your throat closing up, your, your brain feeling fuzzy, whatever it might be for you, I don't know. But take a look at those physical cues and then when you have space from that experience and you're re you're sort of renormalized from that trigger, physical trigger, then ask yourself why and start to look more closely into why you responded that way. There often is real gems underneath those physical cues. I, I can't um, say how accurate you are with that statement because it's so powerful and so true that if we listen to our bodies, our bodies will very often just give us the answer. And of course, the contradiction and irony that comes with it is that the ego, our own egos play our body as this kind of tool to trick us at the same time. So sometimes our ego will do things like make you feel suddenly really, really tired and start yawning or start feeling like, disdain or you have these like physical things happening in our body which are just our ego trying to hide from our consciousness and so i've true. observed it in myself and i've seen it in my students and i've read about it and i've seen it like oh here comes something here comes something really important and our ego is like I pay attention to you right now. I gotta just shut this thought down over here. That way, I don't have to deal with it. And you know, and that yawning, or like suddenly this physical reaction that's happening, is not that instinctive body knowing. It's our ego mind trying to avoid. And if we pay attention, we can notice the differences. Is that the the instinct, the soul operating the body will guide us in subtle ways, you know, that it's little thing. It's very like nuanced feelings and the ego tends to be quite dramatic and to play this game of like attention seeking. So the ego wants your attention and it's trying to draw it away from our, our consciousness, you know? Yeah. It, it on top of physical cues, absolutely also emotional cues. Yeah, and there's an interesting game that happens inside of ourselves, and I've become quite aware of this with my, especially with skydiving and base jumping and these high adrenaline, high risk sports, is that our bodies, the fight or flight response is super engaged, like high power. So, you know, our a really common occurrence for anybody who hasn't done extreme sports before is that your bowels will be like, it's time to go, right? <laughs> because it's like fear, fight or flight. It's like, I need a bathroom right now, right? <laughs> and that is this, um, that's our bodies reacting chemically to a known danger, right? Like there's a physical known danger. Like, okay, if I'm going to go jump off a cliff, 
my body knows that's not safe. I've been programmed genetically with a fear of heights before I was ever born. And that's for good reason. But at the same time, I've trained my mind over decades and thousands of times to not respond that way, to just know that this is not truly the danger that requires this type of response. So we have these instances, at least I've struggled with this in myself, is where I've challenged myself to be able to moderate the physical response and to calm it and to let the mind know, take charge and say, hey, it's okay. We're doing this out of conscious decision making and I don't need to feel this threat right now. But then at the same time, having practiced this isn't always good because we learn to turn off our thoughts. We learn to turn off our emotional or our conscious awareness of our physical um, knowing, you know, our body's giving us a signal saying, hey, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. I want your attention over here. But because we practiced closing them down, we don't always pick them up. We're like, no, no, I'm not listening to you because I've learned over, you know, however long not to listen. And this is something, I mean, personally, I've struggled with it because, you know, training one side of it too heavily, you know, doesn't lead to having the awareness that needs to be there when it when it needs to be there. Yeah, that whole concept of I've learned not to listen. I feel like that's important to highlight. It's funny, I if I reflect on emotional cues that seem so this is something that there's like memes out there that joke about crying in the car. <laughs> because the car is a safe protected place from socially being seen theoretically i mean i guess someone could drive up next to you and see you crying in the car but i've definitely done that many times throughout my life cried cried in the car and hence the the humor when it is in meme format uh talking about it or joking about it but i can remember a story uh, an experience i had where i and this is this is years ago but i remember driving so i was driving home from work at this time i was working at the drop zone in southern california and that's really not relevant the point is it's just a long time ago and i was living with a boyfriend and it was there was confusion there and basically very long story short i was wildly sad like super upset in the car having a real like i'm crying it out something is in me i can't not feel this it's coming out and i was crying and it was one of those experiences where even though I didn't really have skills and, and awareness of these skills and obviously didn't have self-awareness to understand where I was at that time and what was uh, sort of up. And there were multiple things that I wanted to change in my both work life and personal life at that time. And anyway, I remember crying really, really hard and realizing that even though I didn't have clarity on the exact reasons why I wanted to change, I knew for like the first time in a long time, it's like something is wrong. Like this does not compute. There is no, I don't understand why I'm feeling this strongly. And because I am, I must start to lean in to figure out what's wrong. Because this is this is not this shouldn't theoretically be happening to me if everything were good. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be crying with such (laughs) such pain. And so I want to say one more thing about that, because that again, this is so long ago. But why I think this is insightfully relevant to this and where I am now in my life and my own personal development, my healing is that we so often when those types of experiences take place we have an emotional outburst that doesn't make sense one quote that i love that i think is really powerful to remember is that if we're hysterical it's historical now stay with me that 
so often we only look at the situational elements and that's definitely what I did back then. I looked at my work, I looked at my current relationship and I ended up making changes on both of those fronts and that was a good decision and it was a good thing for me at that time. What I didn't do is look more deeply, right? I didn't go get a therapist. I didn't even think to myself that it could have been something much more deeply causing me emotional pain. So that's sort of, I invite people and encourage people gently and lovingly into that deeper work because that's so powerful in order to sustainably and positively powerfully connect to our own self-love, fulfillment, all of that good shit. I'll back you up with your gently and lovingly by saying, <laughs> do the fucking work. <laughs> it's please, not, it's not going to be friends. fun. Please, yes, do it. You know? <laughs> I can't say enough. Like, um, I'm so proud of all my friends and family out there who have done, who've taken the time to make an effort to put a system in place for themselves in order to figure it out. Like, what's going on in there? And man, I'm thinking about one of my best friends right now, and I'm so proud of him, TJ. He's looking so good right now. Nice. He's all smiles and just happy. And, you know, like, we've been touching base. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, I did therapy. I feel better. I figured out a bunch of stuff, you good. know. And it's so good. And um, in, in the end, you know, like, that little bit of, I mean, it's not little. It's huge, right? It's huge. We, 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 when we're on the unconscious side of ourselves, we make it little, right? And we say, uh, some little things, but I got something bothering me. And we like minimalize it to some concept of it being like minuscule. And then once we actually dig into it and realize, yeah, it was some little thing, but it was huge, you know, inside of our life experience for the why. The, the why of what we're doing and why we're doing it is a massive piece of our entire life experience. And it's incredible to see the change that occurs in people, in ourselves, when we do a little bit of the work and we dig in to gain some self-awareness, to gain some self-observation, to start putting in a few questions and going, wait, what, what, what was with that little piece right there? Why did I do that? You know? And it's never going to be over. I was thinking about this when you were talking earlier. It's not something, this isn't something that ends, right? It's not a process where we reach a goal where we're like, oh, now I'm woke. Now I'm yeah. self-aware. Now I'm freaking done. There's no done. Every day we have new experiences. Every day we have new feelings. Every day we have new processes, you know, and they're just going to, there's always going to be a new, another rock to turn over and see what's underneath it. Yeah, I'm glad you re-brought up the woke thing because there's a piece, something I wanted to talk about relative to that and something that can sneak in and cut us off at the knees when we are in a self-awareness process and that is the desire or hidden desire for wanting certainty. So when people are like, fuck yeah, I'm woke, I got it, I got this, that can sometimes be ego masquerading as I want certainty because I feel comfortable in certainty, because I feel safe in certainty. This has happened many times in my own process and in my witnessing of other people and clients than in this work of you know, chipping away at the massive iceberg of what all this stuff is, is this idea of when they feel like they have an, and I say they, but I mean us, when we have an, a breakthrough that feels new and good and, and right and solid, it can sometimes trick people into stop to stop because they're like, yup, I got it. Oh, there it is. So glad we had this talk, Mel, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Versus being continuing down the path, 
continuing down the road of the quote unquote work. And again, not that we need to torture ourselves. We can certainly celebrate and really take these insights and then lean into them and integrate. I'm more saying watch for when certainty sneaks in and stops you from continuing to reflect and, and grow forward. So I'm going to give some kudos to the spiritual institutions and practices here in that, you know, the weekly attendance of a spiritual gathering of whatever version that means to you, whether it's, you know, on a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday or a Wednesday, whatever. But the concept of this being a regular part of our lives, of doing this on a weekly basis, that it has a lot of foundation in it to me. You know, I don't need to put a context on who the what the spirituality is wrapped around, but the concept of it being an ongoing thing that never ends, that it's just part of our lives with regularity. This is a really really powerful piece and if we notice it's continuous across all realms of spirituality. It's one of the few pieces that does not change, that it's something that should continue to happen with regularity in our lives, just like we go to sleep, just like we wake up, just like we eat, we go to the bathroom, we drink water, we practice spirituality. All these things have a, a, a necessary regularity within them. Yeah. There's something else I wanted to say there too. Um, it'll come to me. Yeah. Just like anything of value, it and anything that we can learn to trust and in that trust feel that sense of safety, like even the title, the title of the podcast, Trust the Journey, we invite people into that idea and it's also a process because we yeah, we can courageously and without experience say, I'm going to trust the journey, you know, and we can do it and we can connect to it. And when we have experience trusting the journey and what that delivers down the road, it's like, I actually really can trust the journey. You know, does that make sense? It's yeah, same definitely. sort of thing with the frequency of spirituality, the frequency of doing self-reflection, the frequency of taking personal responsibility, the frequency of looking at our physical cues and emotional cues, the frequency of doing a bigger life, you know, coachy, deep dive thing, the frequency of ceremony, you know what I mean? So whatever those frequencies may be that support us, we build trust throughout that committed process. I love that you're using the word frequency over and over and over again right now, because it's such a beautiful play on the concept of waves yeah. and that everything being made out of waves and that there's this continual change all the time. And it's exactly on the point that I was trying to pull up for myself is that from my observation and I can of course I can only ever speak from my point of view I can't speak from anybody else's perspective there's only one thing that's known that's constant and that's change that we cannot state that anything else is a known factor that there's any stability or <laughs> and, and this is on that point that you were making earlier it's like oh I got it change right <laughs> there's so change is the only constant yeah. everything else is following that change so and that <laughs> that goes in line with the waves it goes in line with the frequency it goes in line with never ever getting you know figuring it out and just constantly being on the journey that it's constantly changing it's constantly different i'm constantly changing you're constantly changing we're all constantly changing. the world is changing nothing is constant except for change yeah oh so true my friend oh i love it well on that note I, as per usual, invite everyone to join us if they want to continue the conversation. The Trust the Journey family is there for you. I just am, oh God, I'm just so, I'm so thankful 
This is such a beautiful supportive process for me. And it does support me in my own frequency of this work. And it fulfills me to feel like we're able to create space both with the podcast or with the family for people to feel supported in their engagement with whatever self-reflective or self-awareness growth process they're in for themselves. So yeah, guys, if you want to join us there, please do reach out anytime with any questions. Of course, it's trustthejourney.today is the website or, uh, you know, drop us a line or whatever. I'll just give a little bit more detail as to, in case people haven't got clarity as to what the Trust the Journey family truly is. Uh, it, the Trust the Journey family is a group that we have created on Facebook, which is private, which is a safe space for everybody who's involved to share their achievements, their struggles, themselves, anything that they wish to place into that safe space as a representation of their own journey. And everybody else there is aware of how challenging it is to do that, of how how that space needs to be supportive to whoever is taking the risk of putting themselves out there to grow in their endeavor as a, as a being, to grow in their self-awareness, in our self-awareness. So that Trust the Journey family, it really is about curating a safe space for all us to just be ourselves in and own whoever we are at whatever point in our journey we are and be proud of it and be happy with it and just know that that's constantly changing. Oh, it's so true. We love you guys so much. Seriously, thank you as always for being with us for reals. As per usual, keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. <laughs>